Think about some of the political, business, or religious leaders that you've admired. Have you ever had unrealistic expectations? Here's the thing. No matter how good a leader might be, human leaders will eventually fail you. That's because no human is perfect. So, you're called to respect and honor your leaders, but your confidence and faith must be in Christ alone. Only He is sufficient to provide all that you need. Here's Stephen with more. We return in our wisdom journey now to the prophecy of Ezekiel, the dark night of divine judgment given to us in the first 32 chapters of this book is about to give way now to a bright new day of divine promises. And the turning point is right here at chapter 33. The focus of chapter 33 actually shifts to the prophet himself. This chapter begins by restating uh, two themes that were introduced earlier in the book. All the way back in chapter 3, Ezekiel was described as a watchman for the house of Israel. That is, he's to be on the lookout for danger. Well, now here in chapter 33, God reaffirms Ezekiel's role as a watchman. He tells the prophet here in verse 7, You son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. So this is still Ezekiel's role. With the beginning of this new era after Jerusalem's destruction, it is still Ezekiel's responsibility to continue presenting divine warnings to the people. Now, the second theme that's repeated is one of personal responsibility of each individual Israelite. And this truth was presented at length back in chapter 18. Each person is going to be judged by God on the basis of his or her sin alone. The Lord repeats that here in chapter 33 and verse 20, I will judge each of you according to his ways. So this is Ezekiel's personal role, his responsibility. It hadn't changed. He's got to warn the people of their sin. He's got to remind them that they are accountable to God and call them to repentance. Now, the remarkable fulfillment of Ezekiel's prophecies about Jerusalem are confirmed here in verse 21, where Ezekiel says, a fugitive from Jerusalem came to me and said, the city has been struck down. Well, what do you know? His prophecy came true. Even though nobody had believed him, from the king to the common individual, Jerusalem is finally destroyed as God promised. Now, even though his prophecies came true with the fall of Jerusalem, there are still some survivors remaining back there in in Judah. Uh, They're insisting that they still have a right to the land. Now, apparently, they believe they've been left there to possess the land and to you know, just keep living like they've been living. They're arguing now that if God had given the land to Abraham, which he did, just one man, then they would surely possess the land since there are many of them. So they're, they're basing their argument here on God's covenant promise to Abraham. But I want you to listen to the Lord's rebuke here in verse 25. Lift up your eyes to your idols and shed blood. Shall you then possess the land? 
You rely on the sword. You commit abominations. And each of you defiles his neighbor's wife. Shall you then possess the land? In other words, do you think that you can enjoy God's covenant blessings while you're worshiping idols, committing adultery, killing innocent people? Now, we need to understand that Abraham's descendants, in fact, will possess the land one day according to God's unconditional promise. But in the meantime, they're being removed from the land as a result of their defiance against God's law, just as God promised back in Leviticus chapter 26. So all that to say this, all all these people now who are remaining in the land of Judah after the fall of Jerusalem, while they're continuing in their sinful ways, the Lord says to them here in verse 29, then they will know that I am the Lord when I have made the land a desolation and a waste because of all their abominations that they have committed. Well, the Lord also has a message for Ezekiel concerning the exiles who are with him over there in Babylon. He tells his prophet here in verse 31, the people hear what you say, but they will not do it. In other words, they're going to be glad, Ezekiel, to hear your prophecies of comfort and hope, even though those won't be fulfilled into the future when Jesus returns. But they're not going to personally enjoy your prophecies that deal with their disobedience and this near-term judgment. There is coming a time, however, verse 33 says, when the people will know that a prophet has been among them. In other words, they're going to wake up one day to the fact that they had been told the truth by Ezekiel. You know, I can't help but think that maybe, maybe you're preaching right now, or maybe you're teaching God's Word, and, and hearts have remained hardened, ears have remained closed to the truth that you've been delivering. Who knows? Perhaps in the future, God will open their eyes and their hearts And maybe they'll say something similar about you. Well, what do you know? My Sunday school teacher or my pastor or that evangelist or or, or that missionary was telling me the truth all along. Well, we leave that up to God. Well, now here in Ezekiel chapter 34, uh, the focus now shifts from God's prophet Ezekiel to Israel's leaders. We read here in verse 2, Ezekiel is told to prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Now, this refers to the nation's leaders. Kings are in view here, although the term could refer to priests and prophets as well. They're shepherds, and like shepherds, these leaders, well, they should have been feeding. They, they should have been caring, protecting the flock of God. Instead, they've been concerned with feeding themselves. Frankly, that happens to this day. False teachers, false leaders, they aren't feeding the sheep. They're fleecing the sheep. Well, I want you to listen to the Lord's condemnation of them here in verses 4 and 5. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So, They were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. See, because they have failed as God's appointed shepherds of the people, the Lord says now in verse 10, I am against 
the shepherds. And then he says, I will rescue my sheep from their mouths. I got to tell you, I think it's such a tragedy when sheep have to be rescued from shepherds who mistreat them and mislead them. Now, following all that bad news, which you have here in chapter 34 is a, a wonderful prophecy of Israel's future restoration under another shepherd. Make that a capital S. Listen to what the Lord promises Israel here in verse 13. I will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel. Verse 15, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. Verse 16, I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. Verse 23, I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. Now, this looks ahead to the day when Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, returns to establish his earthly kingdom for a thousand years. And he also appoints an under-shepherd, and that's, that's David. David is mentioned in other passages related to the future millennial reign of Messiah. You can check out Jeremiah 30 and Ezekiel 37 and Hosea chapter 3. Many interpreters believe that, that God will actually appoint David as the prince of Jerusalem under King Jesus. Others take David here as a reference to Jesus, who was a descendant of King David, the son of David. Now, what we do know is that in this future millennial kingdom, when Jesus reigns over all the earth, Israel is going to trust him as their Messiah, and the land of Israel is going to be transformed. It'll be fruitful. The people will prosper. In fact, verse 28 says here, they shall dwell securely and none shall make them afraid. Well, that hadn't happened yet, but that's going to happen one day. In fact, chapter 35 concludes this section by focusing on a a, a present enemy in Ezekiel's day, specifically the nation Edom. God's judgment on this nation has already been announced back in chapter 25, and it's repeated here, probably because Edom essentially represents all the nations that have opposed Israel. Verse 5 tells us that Edom cherished perpetual enmity toward Israel. Now, this involved not only military oppression, but also, verse 12 says, revilings uttered against the mountains of Israel. Let me tell you what that means. That means they hated Israel. That means they rejoiced over the destruction of Jerusalem. Well, they're going to face the judgment of God one day, along with every other nation that has reviled Israel, and most importantly, every nation that has reviled Israel's Messiah. Let me tell you, these prophecies have lessons for us to this very day. They remind us to listen to God's warnings in his word. They also ask us a rather personal question. Who is your shepherd today? What I mean is, who are you following? Who are you listening to today? Make sure that your shepherd, the one you're truly following with your life, is none other than the true shepherd, the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will one day return. 
Well, until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. I hope you were encouraged and challenged by what you heard today. Stephen called this lesson, The Watchman's Warnings and Promises. In addition to being your teacher for this daily lesson, Stephen is also the pastor of the Shepherd's Church in Cary, North Carolina. If your travel plans ever bring you through this area, please visit that church on a Sunday. Enjoy the worship service and introduce yourself to Stephen. He'd be delighted to meet you. I encourage you to install the Wisdom International app to your phone. Once you do, you can take this Bible teaching ministry wherever you go. Then join us next time as we continue traveling along the Wisdom journey.